This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm W. Scott is one, and I have not seen the movie Halloween. Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. A Cinemavention. Don't get cute. Happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we are wrapping up the spooky month, the October month, the Halloween month of Cinemavention by discussing the movie Halloween, uh, which my guest has seen before. She is the graphic designer for the Diamond Club New Year's Eve Streamathon, which is which is very close to. Uh, very close to our calendar now. Uh, please welcome back Stephanie Cafferty, a.k.a. Sassy Ann. It's good to have Hi. you back. Thank you for having me back. It's I've, been a while. I know. It's been way too long. It's way too long. <laughs> I'm so glad that, you, uh, um, that you're that you here. And um, I will say, I did not know that you were a Halloween uh, fan. So... Uh, <laughs> So I am it surprises a lot of people. <laughs> I know, yeah. But uh but hey, I'm I'm excited nonetheless. And uh mm-hmm. I, I I can tell you right now we've got a lot to talk about here, so we should not yes. waste any time. So there's a lot to this movie. <laughs> absolutely. So let's get right into festivities here. We'll go over the stats real quick. So Halloween is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors. And is available to stream on, I found it on Redbox for free with ads. Um, or if you also pay for Shudder, it's available there as well. Uh, Halloween was released by Compass International Pictures on October 25th, 1978. Movie was directed by John Carpenter and stars Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, P- PJ Souls, Nancy Kyes, and Tony Morin. The movie had a budget of $325,000. But get this, made $70 million in theaters. Talk about a return on investment. My God. That is a very wise investment. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. I mean, that's that's better than most uh that's better than most cryptocurrency uh <laughs> buys. <laughs> so uh, did, did, did you uh do you remember when you first saw this movie, Steph? I mean, so I was an adult when I saw this movie. It was a part of Kent trying to basically convince me that it was okay to watch horror movies because I hated horror movies. Uh (laughs) And I still kind of do, actually. But there's very particular ones that I really like. And the first time I saw this was probably about six or seven years ago. And it was to round off what we called um, the unholy trinity. Mm. So we have three sets of movies that are the epitome of slasher films, which Mm. is... I like that. The unholy trinity. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it's Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, okay. So we... and, And a lot of this stemmed from... I had seen Halloween H2O when it first came out. I was a kid. Like maybe 13, 14. And it scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm, but that was my mm-hmm. introduction to Halloween. 
and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so but, but like, what made know? it turn around then? So as an as an adult, I was like, you know, like let me let me try these things. So like we watched like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We watched uh all the Friday the 13th movies, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, let's let's do Halloween. And something about Michael Myers and Halloween just stuck more. Mm-hmm. because of the way that it was done like the way that it was shot the lack of blood mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the more um like anticipated jump scares like yes. everything was mm-hmm. like a lot of people complain about it was so drawn out the pacing's weird but it's like you know what that actually worked for me yeah like it wasn't so scary to the point where like i had nightmares about it as an adult cuz yes i it just still get scared. Yeah, um, yeah, no shame in that. <laughs> but it was, it's just so awesome. So yeah, it started off my journey, and this is one of the one of the movies that mm. I'll watch twice, three times a year. Interesting, just to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and, and and all those movies you mentioned on the Unholy Trinity, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I gotta write this down for next year because <laughs> <laughs> we have not gotten to any of those movies, but. uh Talk about a lineup for next year. I mean, man, yeah, like that, that'll be a great lineup for next year. And I and I love <laughs> that. It's like the unholy trinity. I mean, is it something where you always watch it around this time of year, around Halloween time? Or is it just like whenever? Yeah, yes and no. Um, so, I mean, ha- yeah, Halloween, I will watch it on halloween or right, around this yeah. time i mean you got it right um, yeah tradition i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> they they did name it specifically for the holiday so you mm-hmm. know it's the it was the only halloween movie for a long time so yeah i mean i guess other than um the great pumpkin charlie brown but even then that's more of a tv special not really a movie mm-hmm. but yeah. um and then i mean now yeah obviously since then disney's taken over and they've got hocus pocus and all the all the stuff right um, right the the cool thing about it though is i feel that i can watch it anytime and it's not like a holiday specific movie yeah where as there are very specific movies that are like no if you watch this at a off time it's yeah like yeah any holiday movie is like if you're watching it in may or june it's like no it doesn't not really appropriate (laughs) yeah it doesn't it doesn't fit it doesn't it doesn't go with it but i i it's hard to explain something mm-hmm. about it just keeps coming back and being like, yeah, yeah this is it. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's, let's attempt to explain it. I suppose. Uh, let's yeah. talk, let's talk about the movie a little bit. And I do feel like, um, it, it, well, first of all, of course it, it has to be said that this movie is so iconic for it being around for so long. And in many ways, I feel like this movie kind of walked so that other Halloween and scary movies could run you know absolutely <laughs> like it's crazy to me that this film came out all the way back in 1978 bear in mind that is just about 45 years ago now and we still have sequels that are being released to this very day um in fact halloween ends uh as as we're recording this episode right now uh halloween ends right now is the latest sequel to come out and that just came out like like last week, I think, in theaters. Um, yeah, and, and and on Peacock. And on Peacock, yes. And believe it or not, it is the 13th movie in the franchise, if you can believe that. Um, yeah. Why do you think, though, it's such a beloved classic, though? I think I think it plays on a lot of people's just normal everyday fears. Mm. That it's like, you're having just a normal day. You're not even... 
it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the because like you know, Lori's just having a normal day. Mm-hmm. Prisoners escape every day. People from mental asylums escape every day. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of a very commonplace thing. Um, but to think that this entire movie branched such a large universe Mm -hmm. and not even just i don't know if the 13 movies even include like the rob zombie versions yeah no i don't think it does yeah i was just counting all the movies that were just halloween yeah mm -hmm. so it's like is it's and i mean it's so interesting too because the the first movie i think only one death scene has blood Mm. yeah (laughs) i think so yeah yeah, because it's uh, it's his sister only is the only one that has blood, and it's mm. it's so. People say that it's mis mispaced. People will say you know that it's it doesn't have the right uh, umph to mm-hmm. be scary, but it's like you know this. It's all about the places that the jump scare could be because mm-hmm. you're leading up to it. And seeing that, okay, yeah, there's a guy that you see Michael Myers by a bush and you see him and you kind of walk towards him and then he just disappears and you don't see him again. And it's like, yeah. oh, where the heck did he go? That's truly scary. I've, it that's is. Happened, that's happened to me before. Where I've, it's just like. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got I, some, I, I've got some things about that. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's. It's something that it's like, it's not overly done. And the first movie, it's not supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's so very realistic to me, at least, that it's like, yeah, you know, you can get stabbed a couple times and get up and shot a couple times and get up. It's moving. It's like, <laughs> it makes mm. sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it, that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, you mentioned it earlier with uh, Lori, another beloved classic, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis. and. I, I it was one of those things I didn't realize until we actually got around to doing this movie. But but it's also crazy to me too that like Jamie Lee Curtis has now been doing movies for 45 years now. Like with like yeah. this was kind of her very first movie. Um she I think she's a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. I think she had like a brief stint on like a television series I was reading up Columbo. before this. She, yeah. She mm-hmm. was on Columbo before this, and they actually this is John Carpenter had seen and Debbie Hill had seen Columbo and were like, you know what, we want Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's been in the business like ever since now and, and continues to this day. And like in in many ways, this movie was kind of really the first one to put her name on the map in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And and I got to tell you, because uh, the vast difference between uh, this movie and the movie we covered earlier this year, uh, we watched one of her more recent films, Knives Out, which is another <laughs> fantastic movie. Yes. Um, and, um, and not only was Halloween her first um, film debut, right? But mm-hmm. she has reprised the role of Laurie in a lot of the Halloween movies, like ev- ever since then, right? Yeah, she's she's been in seven Halloween movies. Um, eight, if you include, I guess she was in, um, the season of the witch, which is the third Halloween movie that doesn't actually include Michael Myers in it either. So oh. how it's a Halloween movie, I'm not sure. Hmm. Um. But that's a different opinion. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. I guess she was an announcer on a radio. So she's uncredited. But she was in that 
Oh, interesting. But, okay, yeah, so an uncredited so our, role. Yeah, so our our scream queen, like she is just amazing, and it's and it's interesting too to know that like Jamie Lee Curtis, her mom was a scream queen too. Like her mom yeah. was uh, Janet Lee, which was the woman in Psycho, like the shower scene. Oh, the oh, that queen famous queen. one. Wow, yes. that's her. So that's she, her mother. Wow, that's her mom. Wow. <laughs> so to be like to for John Carpenter to be like, hey, like it's in her pedigree, like is not too far from it to be like, right. hey, like her mom was a horror movie classic. Like that's how insane. could you not? Yeah. So that's that's insane. And what I will say though is that it was kind of weird for me because um I had never watched any of her old work up until now. So to see her uh in this movie looking so we'll just say different yeah. <laughs> from back then up until now. Like, like, like jumping from knives out, which is like one of her more recent films to this film. Like yeah. it, it's such a crazy, like time, like loop, like warp yeah. thing or something. Right. It's, it's so it's, it is trippy, the time warp. And you're just, you just stare and you're like, how is it the same person? Right? She's got the same, got the same voice. Yeah. Like, it's the same classic the same. voice. Right. Like if you didn't have the, like the visuals weren't in front of me, I could still, I could tell you instantly that it was her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, that's just so weird. It's like going, like going so that far back. And it's like, it's like, it's definitely Jamie Lee Curtis, but like, it just, I, I I'm so used to what Jamie Lee Curtis looks like now that it's like oh, such a culture yeah. shock, you know, it, it, I think the only reason that I can like be cool with Halloween and seeing her so young is because I've seen it so often. Right. But no, I, it's very much, she's the, the silver vixen. Like she, she needs to stay gray. She looks amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> as a 50 year old woman, as a 50 plus year old, I think she's in her sixties, mm. but yeah, she looks good. <laughs> she really does. She really does. It's yeah. Keep 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 it keep it going, Jamie Lee Curtis. You're doing great. That that activity is doing amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, wasn't she like a spokesperson for them or something? Yeah, okay. I think she might still be. <laughs> yeah, she might still be. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone could yeah. confirm that for us, let us know that. Yeah, because that would be funny. Uh, but we mentioned it earlier. Let's talk about uh, Michael Myers and. First of all, it's weird because uh, there's an actor who's also named Mike Myers, which is a little weird. Like, that's got to feel weird for Mike Myers, like like him being associated with this scary, creepy character. And and I will admit, I have mixed up the two before. Oh, um, unfortunately, yes, I, more times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> I I have too. It's it's. I think it's a rite of passage for. Yeah, right. For I'm sure Mike Myers is a wonderful individual. I'm sure he is, yeah. but it's like I, I completely mess it up sometimes. <laughs> Not the same. And I mean, it's it's interesting too because I mean, there are a lot of people named Michael Myers. Oh yeah. Like even so, there's actually a British producer who was associated with uh john carpenter's career um that was able to help and get one of his early movies god i can't remember precinct something Mm. sorry i so one of his first movies he did right after film school he made this movie and it did really shoddy in the states and then they got a phone call from this british producer michael myers Mm. who said hey can i enter in this film festival in the uk and it did really well Mm-hmm. Like I think it was like voted top of the 
Yeah, so uh, yet again, another uh, another person to get confused. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> just so many times that I just yeah. like, eh, is this Austin Powers? Well, and no, it's and it's funny too because Mike Myers was, I think, kind of starting to get in, getting into the acting scene just as Michael Myers was starting to become a cultural thing too. So it's like was that's got to be yeah. Like I looked it up. He he started his career in like the late seventies, just as Halloween was coming oh. out. And so I got to imagine, like, his PR team must have a goddamn nightmare trying to uh, <laughs> sort through if they're looking right. for uh-huh. Mike Myers or Michael Myers. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I I would not want to be his PR team. <laughs> no, no, and and I'm sure I'm sure he is great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but. But well, and here's the thing too. I think he does have a good sense of humor because I I remember we were talking about it in the watch party. I cannot remember for the life of me uh, what show this was on, but I believe there was some sort of skit uh, involving that like sort of naming scheme where they actually brought Mike Myers in for it. Um, I want to say I want to say it was like South Park. I don't know if that's right. I I I could be complete bullshitting. I don't remember. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's possible, but it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, yeah. So let me know in an email. Email at cinemavention.com because I'm sure someone is like chomping at the bit to tell me right now through oh. the through the uh, <laughs> podcast sure. player right now. <laughs> yeah, they're probably screaming at us like, how do you not know this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, some things about Mike My- M- Michael Myers. I, I just did it again. <laughs> so we all know that he is pretty slow right like he's he he doesn't get around places very fast like but it's not like he's walking around like a tortoise right but he 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 has the capability to run i mean we we saw we did do you see in the movie that he got a little pep in his step and oh yeah no that's true i guess yeah he's he's got to be able to move quickly because you see him in a bush at one point in the movie and then you blink and he's gone so Mm -hmm. he's got to be able to run to a backyard quickly yeah or at least make it have a brisk walk i guess yeah <laughs> but it, but and it's one of those things where it's like i understand that classic trope of like like because there'll be a lot there's a lot of sketch comedy that makes fun of this movie all the time right and it's like yes it's like where the victims are like tripping over their own feet and trying to run from a guy who has like a brisk walk and even that's generous <laughs> you know it's just like do 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 gotta speed walk to my victim yeah (laughs) it is it is interesting and funny but like i don't know how many movies use the tropes because they're just you know funny tropes Mm -hmm. a lot of these horror movies have that slow brisk walking pace from the killer to the victim and that's Mm -hmm kind of standard for a lot of horror movies now mind you yeah. i haven't seen a lot of horror movies but sure for the ones i've seen it's pretty standard so it's got to be used for a reason yeah well and and i wonder if halloween was kind of like the basis of it almost you know like because it because it was probably early enough that like there wasn't really a whole lot of horror films being made before then right like Psycho and Texas Chainsaw, I think mm-hmm. were the shocking ones that came out before Halloween. Mm, mm-hmm. And then Friday the Thirteenth came out in eighty, so it was two years after Halloween. Right. And then right. Nightmare um, on Elm Street came out in like eighty 
384. Mm. So those, yeah, there's a lot of tropes that are pulled from Halloween that mm-hmm. made it into these other movies that are so ingrained in our society. Like how many people don't think of like, oh, hey, we get a Friday the 13th in October and don't think about Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, but here's here's the thing about Michael Myers, though, is that I feel like because he's like, because here's here's what I will say is that I believe that the only reason that Michael Myers can even like get around everywhere is because he steals that cop car, or that city <laughs> utility car, or whatever you want to call it, right? Because, it was yeah. Because <laughs> if he had to do all this on foot, like we, this movie would be like three and a half hours long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I consistently have a problem every time I watch it have a problem with that car mm, um because mm-hmm. i mean this kid was like what five six years old when he murdered his sister and was yeah into mm-hmm. prison. um and even even lumo says it like you know how did he even learn how to drive it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the character addressed it in the movie and you're know, like obviously you think that's okay in a script form but i'm still like yo that's a massive hole now that you say that yeah i never even stopped to consider that but yeah you're right like yeah there's a little inconsistency there this 20 year old how did he figure out how to do this yeah also how how did he figure out where his sister was buried to steal the tombstone yeah that too yeah no that i yeah that is admittedly a uh a plot hole there there are a couple other ones that we'll get to but yeah that's uh yeah, that's definitely, I never even considered that. But yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, how does he know all of this? <laughs> I mean, the suspension of disbelief, obviously, I still have. But it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's still it's still a good movie. Yeah, um, sure, the- sure. <laughs> it just, it's, but, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But, that, but uh, uh, speaking of that cop car, I want to go back to that for a second. Because I have a major problem with how, uh, with how, like, they set up, like, I, it's more an more an annoyance more so than a problem with it per se but like when michael myers steals the car right like by the way first of all that opening scene um where it's like pouring rain outside and they're driving to their destination it felt like i was watching rocky horror picture show all over again in many ways like because it, <laughs> it it was kind of set up like kind of similar in that regard like i don't know did, yeah. did anyone else uh see that <laughs> I I actually haven't seen Rocky. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, yeah. So basically, yeah. There's a uh, there's a scene where they're before they get to um the like castle, the main castle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, where yeah, where there's like a couple in a car and they're driving and it's like raining outside. The thing is, Rocky Horror came out I think pretty close to the same time too, so it was uh... actually fairly close. So I I wonder if like all of the filmmakers went to school together, like mm. and that's just kind of like how they wrote. And yeah, or they were all instructed by the same transition. instructor or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's like this is just a good transition time to realize like, hey, it's slightly spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get that but, in there. But I do have a one minor problem with this. Uh, with this is because. Michael Myers go, uh, steals the car, and it's kind of stupid how he does because. I I noticed that the window was down in the car while it was raining and that's and that's how Michael Myers is able to even get into the car is because the window is open while it's raining like but didn't he, w- didn't he break it 
Like he grabbed, he grabbed, he jumped up on top of the car and he leaned over and because there's a point in the movie, you can see a wrench in someone's hand. Yeah. And they smack it on the window and then it Maybe it was on the driver, maybe it was on the passenger side because I know the driver's side, like just the window was just straight up open at one point and and I can't remember which window it was that was open, but, but it's like, but still it was like, like. No matter that point, it's like, why would you have your window open when it's raining outside? Like, that doesn't seem like something you would want to do. So, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense to me, because if I remember right, the the nurse was smoking or Loomis was smoking. One of them were smoking. Right. In there, and uh-huh. it's like, oh, common courtesy, you roll down the window. Uh, but in, okay. the, in the 70s, like, I don't think, like, was that common courtesy? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would assume if you're just smoking at that point, you'd just hotbox your own car. I mean, for lack of a better yeah. term, you know, like, but I mean, like, like, so Kent is a smoker, um, uh-huh. my boyfriend. And when we're driving together in his car, he'll ask me, like, am I okay to smoke? I was like, yeah, go ahead. Rolled it. And he rolls the window down uh-huh. Uh-huh. regardless of the weather. So, oh, I mean, yeah, it's, no, that's it, his common courtesy. It's not. Yeah. To me, it's not odd for that to be a thing that a window's open. Okay. All right, fair enough. Car. Yeah, and 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 actually, you're probably you're you're probably right. It probably was an instance of the window got broken. And I just don't remember it. But yeah, looking back on it now, it just didn't it's, click in my head. I guess it's probably it's probably both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, how do you get a wrench? Like, there's I, I would <laughs> yeah. I would not I would not mind if like after this because they have said that you know Halloween ends is they're done. Like they're not doing this storyline anymore. Oh, is that actually the end? Okay, that's what they said. Um, and I would, I would be interested to see like a prequel, like the, the time, the years Mm. between while he was in the asylum. I mean, yeah, that Um, would be the natural way to um, direction to go after that point. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, like, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween kind of went into it and showed, um, Michael Myers in the asylum Mm, and, mm -hmm. and it was, it was interesting to see. It was a different take on it. And I like those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, and here's here's a point that I'm going to mention and bearing in mind, folks, that I have not seen any of the other Halloween movies. And I based on anecdotal research, I have heard that there is more to this than meets the eye. Right. So we get a glimpse of what Michael Myers looks like, not only as a child, like you mentioned, like we had. Like there was a point where um, the parents ripped the mask right off of child Michael Myers. Um, and and we do get one quick glimpse of what he looks like because uh, at the very end, Lori rips off the mask for just like a short period of time. And we're able to see his face um, for a little bit there. Yep. But um, is there a other than concealing his identity, of course, is there a reason why? His Id- why he wants to mask his identity and is it one of those things where it's explained in future movies or do you think there's another explanation for that I mean I think it deals with more like what what he is because I think now mind you I there's a lot of psychological papers that discusses mm. even like scholars will just study these kind of things and just go on about it. Mm-hmm. But just from my point of view, I think it just deals into what he is as the shape. So the okay. shape is Michael Myers as the killer. 
Mm. So in the in the script, the way they wrote it, Michael Myers was never described as Michael Myers. He was always the shape. Oh. And okay. it was so anytime you see that, you know, capital T, capital S, it's it is Michael Myers, yes, but they're more focused on the fact that it's just this scary, vastly intimidating shadow with a blank, scary face. Mm. And so Michael Myers is a person. And whereas like the shape is this powerful killing machine. Okay. And the mask, I think, is more about just continuing into that. I'm different from you. I control you. I can kill you Mm -hmm. and I can scare Mm -hmm. you. Um, Where like... So, it, so if I'm understanding this correctly, and and tell me if I'm not, but you're saying that there's a difference between Michael Myers the person and the shape, which is sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, a persona for Michael Myers. I guess. I mean, there's more I to would, it than that, but yeah, I would say in the barest of terms that the shape is what he is. Okay. Michael Myers just happens to be his legal name. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and that's what everyone calls him. It's just like an evil, uh, sort of evil name, I guess, like our alter ego or something. Yeah. It's it's interesting that, like, focus. I never focused on the mask before, and I never focused on it until actually Halloween 2018 Mm, came out. Okay. And that was because there's a scene in there that deals with the mask, and it became so predominant in the movie that it was just like, wow, like seeing this reaction and seeing other people's reactions to the mask. Hmm. That it was like, oh, my God, that is Michael Myers. That is the shape. That is the mask. And it's 40 years later. Okay. Hmm. So it's such an exciting moment. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough, then. I might have to watch the 2018 Halloween film for that, then. Mm Because, yeah, because it sounds like it's, if not more more explained, at least you kind of pick up some more subtle hints, I guess you could say. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, we t- we mentioned this earlier, but like you were saying, like people get shot by pistols all the time and survive. And in my <laughs> mind, I'm just like, because I'm pretty sure the guy is aiming for his head, right? With like the pistol, <laughs> right? And I'm like, is he superhuman or something? How is he surviving all of these gunshot wounds? You know, <laughs> like I just I can't get over that. It's so funny because the. <laughs> Michael Myers in the effect of Halloween, not mm-hmm. Halloween two, not Halloween four, five, six, seven, eight. In Halloween, he's not supernatural. He's mm-hmm. just a human who can take a lot of bullets, apparently. Right. Because Loomis, <laughs> Loomis like unloaded his six shooter on him. Oh so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he and he got stabbed in the neck with mm-hmm. a knitting needle. He got poked in the eye with mm-hmm. a uh, hanger. Yeah, right? (laughs) And somehow, right, like... (laughs) You still can get up and disappear. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like... So, I mean, it's depending depending on which timeline we're talking about, because Halloween spawned this universe of timelines Mm. and different worlds. So, like, Halloween, the 1978 Halloween, goes with Halloween and Halloween 2. And then okay. it goes with Halloween 2018 and the new ones. So Halloween kills and Halloween ends. And then you have the rest of them, which kind of fall into their own little universe. 
Wow. So yeah, there there are timelines in which Michael Myers is is quote evil incarnate and uh, is cannot be killed. Okay. So I think one they just leave it up to imagination. Uh, yeah, imagination that he's he's not there. You don't know where he is. We don't know that he survived. We don't know that he died. Okay. Because but that would I, make that would make more sense to me if he was like this, you know, uh, like you were describing or like this being like he's not like an actual like, you know, human per se. Like that would make more sense to me than, you know, the fact that it's like, oh, he's just this human that's got this she, um, like body armor or something that we can't see <laughs> under that like cloak or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and he's he's not like Freddy who's like, you know, a nightmare demon or mm-hmm. he's, he's not like Jason who's like an undead zombie. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> it's just, you know, Michael, Michael Myers is Michael Myers. And depending on, like I said, depending on which universe you're going into, he's a human or he's supernatural. So, okay. I think it works and goes both ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I would, I would go with the supernatural theory personally, but that's just me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, we met. I mentioned earlier this. Uh, the the movie was uh, low budget, certainly. But here's the thing about that, though, is that um, three. Well, first of all, three hundred twenty-five thousand um, dollars. I looked it up, and it's just shy of one point five million dollars in twenty twenty-two dollars adjusted for inflation. But even then, right, like even if you're talking like someone making a one point five million dollar movie today, like yeah. even that is pretty small for a movie of this magnitude. Right. Yeah. And and even it's actually really interesting if you delve into the team that worked on it. A lot of them were classmates like they had all just graduated film school. and oh, They're all okay. like, let's get together and do this together. Um, the guy who was the film, uh, the art department uh, played one of the stunts. Oh really? Uh, John Carpenter's friend um played the shape. Like he wasn't even just an actor. He was yeah. he, he was awesome. Nick Castle is amazing and I actually met him and he was he's so nice and so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I actually I, I got his uh autograph, so I have Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're on the audio version, uh, Steph is showing a uh, picture of him with his autograph right below it. So, yeah. Yeah, you'll have to check out the video version on that. (laughs) Yes, he's super cool and super nice. But he literally was just John Carpenter's friend that, you know, it's like, hey, throw on this mask and walk around. Like, Mm -hmm. and he did it. So there's a lot of like scotch tape things about this movie it is but it worked so well it does with and, the realism. and to be honest like i if you told me this movie was three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, i honestly wouldn't believe you like that's how good yeah that's how it good the, the movie was yeah so they they spent a third of their budget on this camera so that oh, eight wow. minute shot the beginning scene where Michael, you know, goes around the house and sees his sister making out with his boy with her boyfriend mm-hmm. and then goes into the kitchen and then goes up the stairs mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and stabs her. That's all one shot. Or I think they technically it was two shots, but yeah, um, from this single camera. And that was one of the first times they had used um, a movable camera on a uh-huh. film. Yeah, so, that was a really cool shot too, by the way. It um was. one thing I have learned about this movie is that apparently it doesn't cost that much to license the song Don't Fear the Reaper because uh 
they were able to get the rights cleared uh, to play that song on the radio, apparently. So, <laughs> so apparently, if you have one, if you have one point five million dollars, you can just buy the rights for "Don't Fear the Reaper." We've learned. Mm. So good to know. <laughs> uh, of course, that's not the only song you hear. Of course, you, you've got that um, because, like, you've got that famous theme that plays like every five minutes in this movie. So, if you got tired of it at the very beginning, like. You were going to get really annoyed with this movie real fast because because yep. it was uh, a staple. Yeah. John Carpenter wrote and performed all the music for Halloween. Mm, like they, mm-hmm. they say it was like green bull, bull Bowling Green, Kentucky Orchestra or something. But that was literally mm. John. It was literally John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got to have a fancy name for it. Right. Of <laughs> <course>. it. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's such a simple it's such a simple theme, yeah. but it works. And it and it brings this iconic image to mind of mm-hmm. you hear it and you think of not only Halloween the holiday, because it plays everywhere. Like, right. tell me a haunted house that doesn't play this music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it just invokes the image of Halloween and it evokes the image of Michael Myers. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Where, like, you can, can you say that about a lot of other intros no you really can't yeah like there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of themes that are exactly like that where um where it's like you hear the theme and you instantly know like what what tv series or movie it is like you could just all you have to do is hear it and you instantly know and this is one of them right absolutely i will admit though it did get a little repetitive for me after a while like you know it was like (laughs) after like the sixth or seventh time i heard it it was kind of getting a little annoying but I did enjoy that uh, special, like, kind of synth sound that they play uh, when uh, when people oh, are dying. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was like really punchy and like uh, it was perfect yeah. for it, right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's, there's just a lot of iconic sound effects that just fit so well. Yeah, I I could not imagine hearing this music, uh, he- doing the movie on mute and not. Oh yeah, no, on. you can't do that. Yeah, it's not there's, possible. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much because I mean, yeah, music and sound effects are supposed to bring addition to the movie and to mm-hmm. pull you out of your seat and really get you into there. Yeah, right. And it it just does it so well. Yeah, and and, and compare this movie to another low budget horror film that we just covered not too long ago. Uh, the Evil Dead came out in 1981, the very first one. Has, it has kind of a similar budget as this one, it turns out, but night and day difference between the two films. And it, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think that Hollywood really wanted to invest in horror movies during that time. I don't think there were a lot of interest because um, I do know that like John had to go to a couple different studios to be like, hey, like, will you take mm-hmm. this on? Will you do Halloween? And not very many people were interested <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that I could I could totally see that, especially if it was the first of its kind. Yeah, I could mm-hmm. totally see that. Here's one thing though that def that you can that you can definitely tell the the budget of this film. And there's one thing you can that kind of gives it away, and that is the continuity. And yeah. there are two sets of scenes that take place outside, uh, that when Lori is walking back home from school and you know, getting ready to head over to babysit the kids right and Mm -hmm. i noticed this uh so when Lori is walking back from school and she sees michael myers pop up behind the bush we were just talking about that earlier 
Um, it seemingly goes from sunset to the middle of the afternoon to rain on the ground everywhere in the span of like three minutes. I don't know if anybody else caught that, but I, I will say I, I've never I, I know that the sky like changed, but I never noticed that it had rained. Yeah, <laughs> apparently it had. You could definitely tell that they filmed those scenes like not on the same day. Because yeah, it's like it's like dry sidewalk, and then it cuts to the next scene, and there's and it's just like it, it had clearly rained the previous day, and I'm like, where did all yeah. this rain I, come from? <laughs> I mean, when you have like a short short film time, because they filmed and did all this within 20 days. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I'm not sure of a normal Hollywood film schedule, but I think that's a pretty significant chunk of time that you can't just be like, oh hey it's raining we can't do anything today we got to push it to tomorrow but also it was filmed in los angeles so the fact that they were dealing with rain in los angeles like that (laughs) that's even weirder (laughs) what what actually makes more sense in my mind is it wasn't rain it was the sprinkler systems for the houses oh okay okay all right fine except it doesn't work out because it's on the entire sidewalk but i i get your point it it makes it makes zero sense but yeah (laughs) seeing as i never noticed it before i don't Mm -hmm. think it pulled me out of out of the mood so yeah oh yeah no yeah admittedly that was the only thing that i noticed in particular i mean there's another uh uh, scene where like um well she after she um after Lori talks on the phone with um i believe it was annie right um, mm-hmm. she heads over and sees um the uh <laughs> she sees the kids uh, trick or treating and again it, it go it, it and and it, it, it here's the thing there's rain on the ground Lori looks over at the uh at the house right and there's a different uh it, it's a different rendition like a different take of that scene and miraculously the rain just dried out the sidewalk's completely dry <laughs> in the next cut and. <laughs> It goes from a cloudy scene to a, a scene with sunshine in it. Like, yeah, no, I, I guess they just didn't have enough money for a continuity department. Or like you said, yeah, they just ran out of time. Yeah. And I mean, it's it always bugged me that actually that scene bugged me. Not for the fact that there was rain on the ground or anything like that. But the mm-hmm. fact that in theory, like Lori's just getting home and there's trick-or-treaters like Three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. What are these trick or treaters doing out? Yeah, no. <laughs> I suppose I suppose it could be like, um, you know, because because I have actually seen trick or treaters go out at like six, seven p.m. in our town before. But it's so, it's dark at that point. It's dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, m- yeah, maybe the movie t- um time just sort of like sped up at that point. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say because yeah, the the timing of it is you, you it's hard to follow. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, and we mentioned uh, it was filmed in Los Angeles. It's, it's and it's actually supposed to look like rural Illinois. And I gotta say, all things considered, they actually I feel did a pretty good job at um at making yep. it look like that. And honestly, I didn't know that L.A. had small little neighborhoods that looked like <laughs> you know rural <laughs> Illinois. You know, like because I could totally pass this. Like this did not look like L.A. I didn't see a whole lot of palm trees or anything. So yep. yeah, wherever they uh, found that. Yeah, certain districts that they worked with that you you think you think of LA now, you do think more like large apartment buildings and palm trees and all that stuff. Right. But yeah, no, in the seventies, you could find smaller, yeah, uh, smaller areas with the that's true too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, ruralness of it, and also being in the fact that it was springtime because they they filmed this in May, 
of the same year that it came out. So, oh, okay. Put that into perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was May in California. How did they get the pumpkins? Mm. <laughs> they did. They they had two pumpkins for the whole film. Maybe they were artificial. <laughs> no, they were. Oh, they, they were so real. One, one was real and one was like a giant summer squash that they had painted. Oh, that's actually genius. Okay. So, yeah. And I mean, it's it's pretty awesome to see and look at the details and be like, wow, they actually went and grabbed like leaves mm-hmm. and put these like fall dead leaves on the ground. And it worked. So it does. Well. It really does. Yeah. I yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed it. It it. Mm-hmm. It fl- it flowed so great. Um, of course, it wouldn't be a Cinemavention episode if I didn't talk about pacing. And I will admit, the pacing was kind of slow on this movie. However, this movie is an hour 42 minutes. So it's not like 2001 A Space Odyssey where it's slow and it's nearly two and a half hours long, right? <laughs> like, like, there is definitely action going on like ah man i i've had so many problems with the pacing of that movie and everyone that told me i was gonna have a problem with the pacing in that movie yeah they were not wrong (laughs) (laughs) it's rough man it it happens but Mm -hmm. i mean the the thing i think looking back the the pacing of halloween works for the fact that if you see it Mm -hmm. as like you're looking and reading in between the lines so it's building that tension and building it and building it and then it snaps like a rubber band so you kind of just kind of go with it and i do understand how some people can just be like what the heck but i think like there's something magical about your first watching and not knowing where michael's gonna pop out of (laughs) and then suddenly he's you know pinning a teenager to a a cabinet with a knife like that's so cool yeah absolutely and um Here's the thing, though, like, don't get me wrong. There were definitely some points where I was starting to get bored um, during this movie. Like, I will I will admit that, like, it was there were some points where it did start to get bored or or I I was starting to get bored. But just as I was starting to get bored, usually the action would start to pick up again. And, you know, and, and not only that, but like 1978 films were just slower back then anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, all things considered, it act- the pacing wasn't actually that bad, even though some might say it's a little slow. I didn't really think so. I felt like it was just the right pace. Yeah, for for the fact that it was, you know, you have to take it at its face value, that it was filmed in 1978 with a 1978 audience in mind, um, no cell phones, kids with mm-hmm. no um adhd where they're running around and being like well i yeah. have to be consistently entertained by this film yeah or this is I'm pre-tiktok generation <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i don't mean to throw adhd out there like it's just oh nothing. no yeah. no it's it is it no you said it correctly it is the the tiktok generation where we're expected to have something new every 45 seconds or 30 mm-hmm. seconds and it's it's still so good yeah because <laughs> when the in the rubber band, like you said, the, you know, you just about when you could start to get bored, something happens. And mm-hmm. It's like that rubber band snaps at the right times, I think. It does. A hundred percent. Now, I did have some problems with this movie and uh, not a whole lot, but I did have a few. And 
honestly, they're not as bad as you might think. Um, they just kind of made me cringe a little bit. And unfortunately, while I was going through the doc, I realized that unfortunately I'm kind of making fun of one character in particular, and I don't you mean were. it. I know, and I don't mean it to come across this way, but it just so happens that all my problems with this movie just happen to be with Annie's character for with some reason. Annie. Yeah, I like uh. they all involve. It's not even like her fault half the time. It's just the way that it's set up, you know. So, yeah, I. I I originally thought of this being a continuity problem, but in retrospect, I kind of now understand like that was sort of the intent. So, so Annie's got this like red car and, and she's trying to get into it because she's trying to pick up uh, her boyfriend, I believe um, Mm -hmm. because they're, I guess, going to get it on with the other couple in that other house, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, but the car is locked, and so she, you know, naturally you go back to get the keys, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, and I know, and like, here's the thing, like, she grabs the keys, but she doesn't actually unlock the car. It's like she she just, I guess, forgot that the car was locked again, even though she grabbed her keys and, like, went over there. I gotta say, though, I could totally see that happening. That's not what I was, um, <laughs> that's not what I, um thought was weird it was like it was weird to me that it was just magically unlocked again just by grabbing her keys like that's what it felt like to me but after like going over it again it turns out there's you know uh, it turns out that was actually the intention is that you know she doesn't even realize that it's been unlocked and you know you just get in don't check anything like yeah it's mm -hmm. fine i can just get into my car and go yeah not realizing that michael myers is already in the car (laughs) and ready to kill her so i do (laughs) i do have to say this is actually something that's been preying on my life my entire life as a driver Mm -hmm. that it's been drilled into our brains as as a woman that when i get into my car before i get in i unlock it and i look in the back seat Mm. Like I, I have to do it. It's, it's just some strange thing that, like, like, hey, women are more likely to be, you know, murder victims. So yeah. check. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's legit. Yeah, like actually, for real. And uh, <laughs> but it's also, but it's also kind of just like it's like that you after you watch that movie and it's like you, it's almost like you do it out of instinct. Um, too. It's yeah. like. It's just like you check back there and it's like, okay, no, there's nothing there. But just to be safe, you know, it's like you yeah. always check back there, you know? <laughs> and 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 now every time if I get in my car, my windshield's foggy. I'm like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> I'm, out. I'm out, guys. Like we're out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something's in the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here was an interesting... Um, uh, this was kind of more like a house interior problem that I had more so than the movie itself. But Annie is in the laundry room in in their house, right? Um, I forget it, I forget whose uh, house this was that they were babysitting. Lin- Lindsay's house. Lindsay's got it. Yep. And um, Lindsay. and there and there's a so there's a door that you go in like the the laundry room is like kind of a little separate addition to the house. And of course, you know, the wind slams the door shut. But the weird part of it is, is that I've never seen a lock that locks someone in from the inside before. Like you wouldn't, it would make sense to put a lock on the outside, but I've never seen it. I've never seen a door where it locks on the inside before. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to think of a scenario where you would need that. And I can't think of anything. 
it's honestly like I never thought of it that specific way. I always thought of it just as like, okay, rural, like rural Midwestern town where the the outhouse or the laundry shed Mm -hmm. is they just have a lock on it and that's it's not even a doorknob in my opinion right <laughs> like it's always it's like a, just a deadbolt um kind of situation whereas if the door shuts at all it automatically locks mm-hmm. so that's my thought about it okay. it might not be even be a thing but it yeah it, it worked for me too because as <laughs> as i mentioned before as a woman that is afraid of being murdered mm-hmm. <laughs> being locked in somewhere in a precariously dressed position is is kind of terrifying yeah i mean it's interesting you bring that up because uh bearing in mind the fact that the only reason annie is even in the laundry room in the first place is because she got seemingly maybe it was maybe it was a bigger stain than the movie kind of portrayed it but when i saw it it was like it didn't seem to me like that bad. It seemed like a minor butter stain that she got on her clothes. And it's like, and it's like, it sucks, right? Like, you know, it, yeah. but I just, I deal with it. Right. And it's like, especially if she's not really going in anywhere, it's like she gets that butter stain from making popcorn. And because of that, she just, dis- she just had to disrobe entirely immediately <laughs> and just clean it up in the laundry, like right on the spot. Like absolutely cannot wait until she gets home. I mean, in my brain, I'm like, oh, no, she absolutely needed to get in that dad's shirt. <laughs> mm, is that what is that what it was? So there was a secret I, motive. <laughs> I I don't think so, but I think it's me. Yeah, sure. Also, yeah, it's unnecessary. Yo, it's, it was yeah. unnecessary. But I, I do know people that have such like high value opinion of how they look. Mm-hmm. So if she had the plan of there, you know, her friends were going to meet at the house and her boyfriend was going to come and like in more ways maybe. than one, maybe Yeah, <laughs> we, would, we would hope that eventually he got there, but <laughs> sorry, there in this movie. It, it was right. It, the cheese was there. I had to, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But also apparently nobody, apparently nobody in this movie is just, nobody wears bras apparently in this movie. So I, I, I do have to say, I think that's just like a seventies thing. I think oh. that's a seventies, eighties thing. Oh, <laughs> More is it? Than okay. Anything else. Well, cause yeah. he, here's, what i was gonna say i was i was gonna be like i mean i mean here's the thing i can't blame them you know it's like i don't i don't i don't have (laughs) personal experience obviously but i have heard plenty of stories that it's yeah not fun to wear those things (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like yeah i mean if you if you can if you can go without it go without it like Mm -hmm. who's stopping you and i and i think too like the the era and the time like i don't think bras became sort of like socially mandatory until like the 90s oh really yeah so Hmm. and maybe in certain communities maybe it was like nope at all times like has to be there so but i don't i'm not sure but also in the horror movie world Mm -hmm. (laughs) that like even if you're big chested you don't wear a bra (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> because of course you don't, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, that reminded me of the fact that um, that Michael Myers, uh, I th- I think Michael Myers becomes the true monster when he kills the family dog Lester, and I'm just like, not the dog, no. I, 
I forgot about that. I did too. And I I saw the I saw it in the summary. I was like, oh yeah, right, not the dog. Yeah. Well, and what bugged me more was that Nancy or Nancy, that's the actress's name. Um, Annie kept mm-hmm. yelling at the dog, like, your dog, Lindsay, your dog is barking at me and yelling at me. And it's like, bitch, listen to this dog. <laughs> Like, this dog is going to tell you you're about to get killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really regretting that choice now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it's it's absolutely like, don't mm-hmm. don't kill the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's unfortunate. But uh, I there were some things that surprised me about this film. And, um, and I don't know if these things surprised me because of the way I was raised and how I assumed the world was growing up, or if it was because I thought everything was more innocent as a kid back then, or maybe a combination mm-hmm. of both. I don't know. But there were some things that, that were in this film that I was surprised to see in a 1978 film. And I want to get your uh, take on this, because there is there, the amount of sex in this film felt a little bit crazy for a 78 film to me. Now, granted, of course, it's not the main focus, but you've got, uh, but you've got that high school couple at the very beginning. uh, It was the sister, Michael Myers, sister and her boyfriend making out at the very beginning. Um, Well, yeah, making out and then having like 30 to 40 seconds worth of pumping. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was not that long. Right. And like, yeah, and and it and it was and I didn't even realize until like doing research for this show that young Michael Myers actually murdered his sister, which makes that killing like even more fucked up than it already was. Because oh, you didn't realize that when no, you watched the movie I, that that was no, his sister? I didn't realize that no. And uh, after I after I saw that, I was like, oh, that's even more fucked up now. Like that, that's already okay. yeah. yeah. No, he killed he killed his sister after she had sex. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah natural right like of course you've got to get rid of the uh, evil you got to get rid of that evil deed you know <laughs> yeah i mean it just it's it's <laughs> that's interesting that you didn't know that because i i always thought that that was like yeah he's a family killer like mm-hmm. i honestly think yeah, if, if if his parents were there like he probably would have gone and like killed his parents wow yeah <laughs> that's what i think he just would have kept going mm-hmm yeah, but but, uh, but but you've got uh, but you've got this couple. I mentioned it earlier. So Linda and Bob. Oh man! <laughs> so they have this elaborate plan to use someone else's house to get it on. I mean, I guess if I guess they must be that desperate if they're willing to to break into someone else's home, pretty much to get it on, right? Because. And and also poor Lori, like she gets stuck babysitting two kids at once so that they can have <laughs> so that they can have fun, like like they can have their own fun, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's like and it's like well it's like this is all happening while the parents are out of town. And it's like imagine if the plan had been foiled at any point, like if the parents had to come back early for something, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> It's it's interesting to hear you say that that it that's weird to you because mm-hmm. that never felt weird to me that it was just like oh yeah like they're getting frisky and they want to have some private time so they're mm-hmm. gonna go to this 
the house. Sure. Um, I guess, I guess, and- I, I guess the thing that makes it weird for me is that they trespass into someone else's house to do it. Like I get it. Yeah, if you're no, trying to sneak it into your, in your room or something. Right. But yeah. to trespass to someone else's house, that's the part that took me out of it. You know, <laughs> I mean, like they, they had planned it, that there was going to be, you know, this, you know, you guys go to this room and we'll go to that room and it'll be a fun time. Mm-hmm. And they just happened to walk in because nobody in 1978 locked their damn doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's just say that right now. Yeah, yeah like, They didn't have ring security cameras, much less locking their <sighs> own damn doors, I guess. <laughs> it, it, it it gave me an anxiety attack. Like we we had an event here recently in the new house that someone tried to walk into our house. Oh and, no! And so it it brought up a lot of like oh, oh no thought processes and yeah. So it just it I've always locked my doors always. Oh yeah, one hundred percent of the time. So yeah, the door was locked, so nothing did end up happening. But mm-hmm. it was it still was an event but every time i see those in movies now where people just walk into houses it it triggers more fear Mm, (laughs) in mm -hmm. me that it's like oh oh shit okay yeah (laughs) well but here's here's the thing too if if that weren't enough right like they're trespassing into someone else's house to to get it on if that Mm. weren't crazy enough they rolled up to the house um while drinking <laughs> like drunk driving like they're drunk driving getting to this house like not cool yeah. not cool yeah. no <laughs> no this you see that a lot and you see a lot of like drunk driving or driving while you're high or incapacitated in any way mm-hmm. shape or form and that seems to be just the common way for hollywood to be like yeah this is what all the teenagers were doing man <laughs> yeah because everyone was risking their own life back then yeah sure <laughs> yeah and i mean a lot of people didn't know like drunk driving wasn't really a thing like yeah, i guess when my yeah. dad was growing up when my dad was growing up in the 70s like he'd get pulled over by the cops and they'd just be like oh you're the cafferty kid okay go along <laughs> go, mm-hmm. go make sure you go home right home like there was no like yeah blood alcohol level and all that stuff so it's very it's a very different time and yeah. you do kind of have to wrap your head around the fact that it was just different. yeah true i mean i i mean i guess with all of that considered i guess they did have it kind of coming to them for trying to have sex in someone else's <laughs> house that michael myers <laughs> killed him you know what i mean like i yeah. that was the that, that was where the two deaths in the movie where i'm like yeah that's justified mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh fun fact by the way um i didn't know this too but uh Annie's uh, boyfriend is actually voiced. It's an uncredited role, but it's actually voiced by John Carpenter, the director of the movie. So, and he's actually the voice of Paul over the phone. Oh, over the phone. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I, I found that out on IMDb. It was one of the facts. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That's so cool. I mean, they had to get someone because you could hear him. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the babysitting that Lori does, I noticed at one point that Lori puts on like this TV presentation called The Thing uh, for Tommy to watch. And I don't I've ever even I hadn't even heard of this uh, this thing. The, the, I, I think it's a movie or something. It is a movie. And it was it was in black and white, which was interesting to me because here's the thing. I know it was 1978, right? Like it was mm-hmm. color TV was just starting to become a thing then. Right. But by 1978, I would have I would have had to assume that color TVs would have been more populated by then. But then but then I also like, well, then maybe the presentation itself was in black and white from the beginning. And maybe that's why I think so. 
I think the thing, the movie presentation, I think was the thing from another world. And that didn't come out until like the, I think that came out in the fifties or sixties. Okay. If, so if it was, an, I think yeah. it was like an earlier movie. Cause like, it, and I'll say this about like Halloween TV now where like mm-hmm. TV that runs on Halloween night, if you have cable and you run through that, um, you know, it's mostly old school movies. Yeah. So it really maybe is. it was, maybe it was just an old school movie that, you know, they had it all. Yeah. On Halloween that's, night Cause it was creepy. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If it did come in the fifties and sixties, then yeah. I mean, yeah, it probably wasn't black and white then. Or like, it, I, I mean, I also know that there was like a, there was a brief period of time where like some things were in, still in black and white. Some things were still in yeah. color. So it's like, yeah, like maybe, maybe it was around that time. I, so I, I get, I can forgive it a little bit for that, yeah. but, uh, easily the thing that caught my eye the most though, was the fact that folks were smoking weed back in 1978. Okay. That actually doesn't surprise me, but, <laughs> but it's just the fact that it was talked about like seemingly openly in a 1978 film. That's the part that surprised me the most. Right. I, I don't, I don't think it was discussed openly amongst everyone because like, mm-hmm. even when they're driving down the road and they're smoking, um, even the, you know, the girl scout Lori had mm-hmm. a couple puffs. Right, and, right. And then they pull up on Annie's dad, who's right. you know, a cop, a sheriff. And it's like, oh my God, my dad, get rid of it. Yeah. So it's and, like, I think it's I think it's openly discussed as amongst teenagers. It's right. like, hey, do you got the stuff? Get the get the high? Like, let's yeah, go. Yeah, because it's cause it's because it's a nineteen seventy-eight film, right? And it's like marijuana like just now like in our t- like in our time is just now starting to become like like the pendulum was finally starting to swing the other direction about marijuana use yeah. and the stigma stigmatization around it right like mm-hmm. and it's still not even legalized recreationally a lot of states today so like yeah. the fact that it was in a 78 film to me and it was kind of discussed openly openly like that that kind of surprised me a little bit i i I don't think it meant to be like as a hey this is okay i think it was Mm -hmm. more of a hey this is cool right Mm -hmm. like we're doing it because we we can and we're cool we're teenagers sure sure because i mean it it disappeared right away when you know the sheriff was there. yeah right yeah that's funny because i was just going to talk about that next how like uh, how like the father go past the father and i'm like he's the sheriff of the town and his father is right so like how he doesn't smell the marijuana smoke on them. Oh, he did. He did. Oh, 100%. yeah. 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 I, he had to have. Right. Like, cause the girls even wondered that later on too. Like, cause that's what I was thinking. He either has a horrible sense of smell or he did notice and he's just turning a blind eye to it. Right. Like, and, I, and I think it's, I think it's the latter. I think it's, he knows his daughter was smoking and it's not a big deal. Yeah, I suppose. So. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like back then it's like the optics for that. Don't, don't look great either way you know what i mean it's like because it's like either you're turning a blind eye to it which is like how dare you right or your nose is fucked up in which case you probably shouldn't be on the force to begin with you know (laughs) either way (laughs) you know and it's like and it's also like you're the sheriff it's like impaired driving shouldn't be a thing but then again you've got drunk driving so i guess it's the same thing i don't know but yeah and i mean I I never thought those two things were such a massive thing about the movie because to me it was it was mm-hmm. more of a show of teens just being dumbasses. Sure. And like it, the same for the sex and the nudity that mm-hmm. was in the movie that it was like you know there was there was not a lot of nudity but there was very specific points where right. like Judy 
Spears was naked when she was murdered. Um, and you saw Annie, um, you saw her chest when she changed and, mm-hmm. uh, Linda, you saw her and it was just like, you know, that's not, I don't know. That's not like something that's a massive deal. It's just yeah. teenagers being horny. See, like that's why. Stupid. Yeah. See, like that's why I gave the caveat of like it was probably like how I was raised as a child. Because like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, as you as you know, I've told Kent multiple times about how I used mm-hmm. to grow up in like a very Christian household. So like, yeah. so yeah, so it's like it, it was a, probably a combination of my innocent mind back when I was a kid, and also the fact that I was grown up that way and raised that way. That yeah. like when I look back at these things now, it just seems like that just seems like that that could that can't happen back then. Like everything was innocent back then. You know what I mean? Like it's but it's my own perception of it. You know what I'm saying? It, it's an interesting thing to have to be like, okay, from your point of view, those are such big major points in the movie. And how right. could they have those anymore? From my point of view, it's nah, like kids are being kids. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting and and obviously these conversations talking about like you know um man versus woman on how we feel about getting into cars because we're gonna get murdered (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it's it's different perspectives are always fun to to explore Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely um i will say though it did produce the funniest line to me i I actually and i i looking back on i forgot to look it up i don't know if it was this particular moment or not but there was a point where um where where they're just like I, I believe it was when they spot her father and and they're and like she's in the middle of talking about something else and then all of a sudden she's like shit and it's like and, it, and their response was I have a place for that and I'm like <laughs> that was just so funny to me. Oh man. I mean it just Annie Annie's an interesting character because mm-hmm. I think everyone has a friend like Annie. A hundred percent, yes. And whether or not they're your best friend or just a friend, mm-hmm. like whatever level, you always have that person that it's like, I, there's, they're getting I may you or may trouble. not have had an Annie that was a best friend in my life. <laughs> but, eh, let's just say it may not have ended well all the time for me. <laughs> so they're, they're always the one. They're always going to be the one getting you in trouble. They're always going to be the one kind of nudging mm-hmm. you being like, hey, little, hey, little Girl Scout. Hey, little Boy Scout. Like it's it's such a yep. relatable character. He absolutely is. Yes. What's not relatable, though, is Dr. Loomis getting to park in the handicap zone. Come on, man. <laughs> what are you doing? Like <laughs> Dr. Loomis. Such an entitled ass. Mm-hmm. He really is, though, right? Like, yeah, because talking about him, it's like this investigation into Michael Myers. Like, like I don't know. It's like even f- like it seems like a little too much dragging of feet, even for movie standards. You know, it's like. Yeah. To a certain point, I understand, like, the cops being, like, turning a blind eye and be like, oh, I don't see anything, <laughs> you know? But even for this movie, it just seems like they're really dragging feet. It's like, because Mike Myers, M- Michael Myers not only escaped a mental hospital, and he like, he did that, plus he's a person who is known to be a threat and is willing to kill people, and all the cop can do is just be like, yeah, well, if you see him, just give us a ring. Like, no urgency whatsoever, you know? I <laughs> I didn't have that um, feeling with the cops. I had more okay. of the explanation or the thought process of, like, Loomis was overreacting. Because, like, when you say Michael Myers is a known killer of people, like, he's he, at this point, had only killed one. He killed his That's sister. That's true. So... 
And also the mental hospital where he escaped was like 70 something miles away. Mm -hmm. So it was a long distance. And it's like, yeah, it's possible he could be coming here. But there's no like to me that it seemed very normal. And the the cop throwing it off and being like, eh, it's not such a big deal. We'll we'll be on the lookout is is normal unfortunately i think in just most ways because unless they're presented with evidence not just people's feelings mm-hmm. it's they're not gonna go out of their way yeah true that's true what uh there were some things that didn't surprise me though and we talked about how it's like uh the like that like the, the the sex and marijuana thing was maybe a little bit more normal for you than it was for me Everybody I know has, I guarantee everyone has gone to elementary school and has had encounters with bullies that are like (laughs) messing around with Tommy in the schoolyard like that. Like everyone has, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they trip him and he trips and breaks his pumpkin. I know, right? Yeah, that was sad. shitty kids. Like Lori should have found that out and gone after those kids. Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) But also at the same time though, like Tommy does kind of ask a little, uh, does kind of ask too many questions, doesn't he? Like like he does (laughs) ask Lori too many questions at a certain point. And and at some points I just wanted them to be like, you know, shut up you little shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just wanted them to be like... Yeah, I and it's funny because I think it's just the age that Tommy's at. Because like I, I identified with Lindsay a lot too, being that age of being like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit on the couch and just watch TV. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, like the the cute boys, like that's awesome. So I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> it's something identifiable too. Because when I babysat, like, the kids were so freaking annoying. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Lori was a saint. <laughs> I, I I would like to think that I was pretty good for my babysitters, but who knows? <laughs> I think I think you were chatty, Will. Let's. Be oh, honest. I was probably chatty. Yeah, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, but at least I behaved myself. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, another thing that d- doesn't surprise me because of the time period, like I I I recognize it is because of the time period. It was still a fun throwback, nonetheless. Those payphone booths, man. I, I saw that and I'm like, oh, this is definitely 70s right here. Yes. It did seem a little out of place, though, to me in the middle of a dirt road surrounded by fields. But like, was that a common thing? Would you find phone booths just randomly out there like that? Yeah. Like my my okay. understanding is like a lot of like major intersections for transportation would have, you know, just a random booth because mm-hmm. they're literally no cell phones and if you're in the middle of nowhere driving somewhere like you have to have a way to call or contact or do something oh yeah so, no, it, it didn't it didn't surprise me oh yeah for sure well yeah because of course that's this is pre uh, cell phone days of course mm-hmm. and it's like it's one of those like, it's one of those things where it's like um i remember we watched waiting which came out in 2001 and they still had the pay phones at the uh at the um at the restaurant that they were at mm-hmm. because like because even then it was like it wasn't really until like smartphones really took off, like with the iPhone and everything that it's like yeah. those payphones started to go away slowly over time, I suppose. Yeah. And I mean, I guess actually recently just this is the thing was this year that that the last payphone in New York City was. Yeah. Was yeah. Away. I remember that. Yeah. That was like that was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, dirt, for sure. Dirt road payphone. Yes. Now. <laughs> I will. I will say, uh, and, uh, and and you, and you, the viewers uh, and listeners, will not know this because because uh, you, you don't read the talk. But uh, Steph is very graciously 
corrected my mistake. For some reason, <laughs> I just put... I, for some reason, I put Ben Stiller in the doc. I don't even know where I got Stiller from, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> but it's Ben Trammer that we're talking Tramer. about here. Or Trammer, yeah. yeah. Tramer. And I related so much to Lori being, like, so hesitant to ask him out, like, to the dance and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like, that was, sadly, that was every high school dance and every relationship in almost my entire life. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, the fact that she's just automatically assuming, like, like, you know, oh, he's not interested and like, like too scared to pursue it and everything. Like, unfortunately for me, though, I wasn't as lucky as Lori because Ben and Lori actually did like each other. And I can tell you 90 percent of the time the girls were not interested in me, just as I suspected when I would ask them. And it's just like, oh, well, confirmed my suspicions. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I have I have to say, too, as as a former teenage female. Mm hmm we're assholes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, like, j- to be clear, you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, and, that's, and that's why I did. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, it's interesting too, because that, that entire, that entire portion of it being like your friend pushing you to like, mm-hmm. Hey, you've got a crush on so-and-so like, let me talk to them for you. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, I would die of embarrassment. And so awful. Like that is, not only from like your perspective, so relatable, I think every one, unless you have mm-hmm. like gonads of steel and the confidence of like a gray stallion, mm-hmm. in the you know, Kentucky Derby running and winning yeah. first place. Like it's, it's so nerve wracking yeah. to just admit to your crush that you, like but also them. I don't want to overgeneralize here, but, and, but those people that you're describing to that do have um, the ability to do that. Let's be honest. They're probably kind of an asshole. Like, let's be real. You know, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really are, man. Like a lot. They are. I don't want to overgeneralize, but a lot of them are. And like, yeah. And, and speaking of which, it's like, again, I don't want to overgeneralize on this, too. But I have had conversations with um other female friends of mine. And, you know, of course, they do have these struggles, too, like you mentioned. But I got to say, like, I just. I honestly believe, and you can disagree with me on this, that is 100% fine, but I do believe that it is harder for us males to approach females than it is the other way around, because, I mean, uh, because here's the thing, us guys, we'll take just about any girl that asks us, let's be honest, like, at least (laughs) I would. I mean, I have pretty low standards, so, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the only reason I say that, but I don't know. Like I said, you can agree to you can disagree with me, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know because I I not in your shoes. I mm-hmm. like I can go on and judge and be like, oh, it's so hard to be a woman, and you have to have of course self imposed standards of beauty, and yeah, you know, I got to get my mm-hmm. got to get my hair colored and all this crap, and it's mm-hmm. like you know, in reality, like who yeah. else besides me cares. Yeah, no, and absolutely. And I don't want to take that away from from you from you folks, but absolutely. No, you're 100% right. <laughs> but uh but it's it's hard. It it's it's just, it's hard being a person, man. Like it really is, oh, you know? Like social social standings is just mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not good at that. It's like I can be confident like on a live stream and just be like the most outgoing like you know, person ever. But it's like, as soon as you put me in a bar with a girl that I like, I just like, I just shut down. You know what no, I mean? That's, 
That's interesting you say that very specifically because if I'm in the mood to go to a bar mm-hmm. and I can chat everyone up a storm. Mm-hmm. If I do when I do a live stream, if you go back and find my awkward seems uh, sim streams when I <laughs> mm-hmm. used to stream when I used to stream, um, I was awkward as hell. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I, I I suppose it's sort of like a uh, every person is different type of thing, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, Kent and I have talked about this before, and I'm just like, I, I feel like, like I just, I just need like a female, like uh, I, I just need a wingman, like a, uh, uh, or oh, a wing woman, woman, I guess. Yeah. In this case, like I don't know, it's like I feel like my chances would be a lot better if I had that, but that I don't know. Every every dude deserves an honest wing woman. Of, absolutely, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah, or just yeah, or just anybody, because like yeah, no. Because I I am definitely the type of person, too, that will miss, like, incredibly obvious cues when it comes to love and stuff. I will miss them entirely. (laughs) And I need someone to be like, she's interested in you. You know that, right? (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't know Kent was interested in me until he flat out asked me, like, hey, are you you coming to visit me? And I'm like, what? Mm. We're not in the same states anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) it goes it goes both ways social cues are hard mm-hmm. they really are and uh i could go on another whole nother episode just talking about that but i'll i'll spare everybody uh we'll, from that we'll we'll find a socially awkward movie and you can talk about social cues all all day long 100 uh, percent. there you go <laughs> so uh it's time to give our final ratings of this movie this is my favorite part of the show because we get to decide uh if we liked it or we didn't so I think I have a good idea of what your rating is going to be, Steph, but lay it on me anyway. What do you give it? What do you give it? I give it as many thumbs up as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it like it, like I said in the beginning of the episode, um, I've watched this movie so many times and it has spawned so many bad sequels and so many amazing sequels yeah and michael myers has a special place in my heart and halloween mm-hmm. has a very very special place that and see and that's going to be the next part is trying to fi- trying to sort out the uh the shit ones and the good ones and om- and so that i I'll, only watch the good ones i'll let you know i'll give you a list okay yeah 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 no that's that's good <laughs> i appreciate that and uh i i'm gonna give it a thumbs up as well i uh once again man i i this is, seems to be a common theme with a lot of the movies that we covered. Like, I think this is just a really good selection because the jump scares, I was, I was expecting a lot of jump scares. I was, there were not that many. And, you know, like, like you said before, it's like, even the jump scares that do happen, it's like, you can tell when they're coming. So you can like prepare yourself mentally for them, I suppose. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed this movie. Uh, like, mm. Like, this is just a really good selection of movies for this month. Like, not too scary, not too gory, at least in my opinion. Like, it was just the right amount, which, which, and I really appreciate that. So, this is such a great um, uh, month of uh, movies to cover. And this is such a great show, Steph. Thank you so much again for for joining me for this uh, movie. And here's one thing I I got to say is that I was talking to Ken about this and I was like, because you guys moved into that new house. Yeah. I believe if I'm not mistaken, you are the first person to podcast out of that house and not Ken, which is the most crazy thing to me. You know, I am. I'm in his studio right now. 
That's because, amazing. Because him and the kid are watching basketball and mm-hmm. my area is open. Like it's literally like three feet away from the TV. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't have this. So I got to move into the studio. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. No, that's that's amazing. I just I, the irony is not lost on me uh, with this. So it's it's I find it hilarious. But it's uh, empowering. Yeah. But Steph, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Uh, like, I know you said you're not that um, active on social media, but in case people do want to find your work, um, where can they go? Um, so I'm on Twitter at uh, Sassien. So S-A-S-C-I-E-N-N-E. Uh, I used to be on Twitch. It's the same name, Sassien. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can probably find more of my work at ritualmisery.com. Of course. Yeah. And, 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 and Steph shows up on there occasionally. So yeah. Hundred percent, and we got the streamathon, like I mentioned, coming up. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's coming up fast. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, those graphics that you do are always amazing. So, and uh, yeah. I, 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 we, I, I actually need to, so, I need to get with you on that. But we'll, we'll talk after the podcast. We'll talk oh. after. But I need to get with you on that. But uh, I digress. But uh, thanks again, Steph. And uh, this is so much fun. And. Another thing that's so much fun is the watch parties that I do for each of these movies that we review on this show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, you can join the conversation in our Discord over at discord.cinemavention.com. But if you can't make it to the party, don't worry because we have that watch party available on demand exclusively if you support over at patreon.com slash is one Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who are supporting the show. Uh, I am live twice a week over at twitch.tv slash wscott is one. Send in your feedback about this uh, movie that we discussed today. Email at cinemavention.com. Like I mentioned again, discord, uh, discord.cinemavention.com. We've got so many people talking in there about all the movies we've covered. And you can check out all the previous movies we've covered on this show, including Jurassic Park, which, um, which uh, Steph was on that episode as well. Uh, all of that is over at cinemavention.com. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for providing the music for this show over at incompetech.com. And this concludes Spooky Month here on Cinemavention. I hope you've enjoyed the movies we've covered. And if we didn't make it to your favorite spooky or horror or thriller movie, trust me, we've got plenty of movies to get to and we will get to them. So, a, a good thing to do is give your suggestions for our, our Halloween lineup for next year because uh, we, we definitely have a, a lot of movies already lined up for next year. So uh, send in your suggestions. But we'll be back to our normal lineup of movies next week. And until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>